song from the 70s. It was a mash. It was a monster mash. A graveyard smash. Anyway, there you go. Um, and, I, and I know, you know, I grew up in the age when we trick-or-treated. In fact, our churches put on Halloween haunted houses. My mother even dressed up like a witch. Say, we didn't know. We didn't know. We didn't know it was the devil's holiday, so to speak, um, and, and why it was purposed. I love what all churches are doing now to make wonderful opportunities like fall festivals and alternate things. But, uh, but anyway, we know that the Lord wants to mash any monsters in our life. I don't know how many of you saw years ago the cutest movie. I mean, adults love it as much as children uh, called Monster Inc. by Pixar. Oh, it is Fabulous, And I always think that Billy Crystal's voice on that sounds a lot like Pastor Billy Burke. Next time you listen to it, it does. Because Pastor Billy's from the Northern as well as Billy Crystal is. But um, I love that. But in that movie, um, in this Pixar movie, the Monsters, Inc. have this portal. And they go into children's homes. And this portal is a door. And they go in and they collect their what? They collect their screams, and the, the screams of the children become fuel for Monsters, Inc., and that's how they do their business. And, but what happens is they find out that the children become less and less scared, and so they have to go to different measures. It's a very cute movie, um, but monsters in the Bible are called giants. Everyone say giants. That's going to read off the top of your paper, and then I'm going to talk to you about five giants. I, this scripture I used is kind of where we end. Um, but one of my favorite passages, after Hezekiah received the letter and read it, he went up to the Lord's temple. Say, he went up. There's no use going to the side. There's no use going down. It's always going up when the enemy comes against you to the Lord's temple. And he spread it out before the Lord. And I'll show you that on our fifth point here in a few minutes. And Hezekiah prayed this prayer before the Lord. Oh, Lord Almighty, God of Israel. You are enthroned between the mighty cherubim. You alone are God of all the kingdoms of the earth. You alone created the heavens and the earth. Listen to me, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see. Listen to Sennacherib. Sennacherib was a commander of the enemy's army. Words of defiance, <clears throat> excuse me, against the living God. of weapons but he says we have and in italics the Lord our God to help us and to fight the battle for us these words greatly encourage the people and David got up the stone that you're going to come against your giant is identity in Christ write that down that's your first stone I'm going to take my first stone and against the Goliath in my life the Goliath that tries to intimidate me the Goliath that says to me consistently this is who you are. You're a wimp, or you are your past, or you are fearful. You are without courage. To that giant that would say that to me, what do I pick up? I pick up my identity in Christ. Christ has set me free. Not only has he set me free, but he has clothed me. I am a child of the living God. Did you hear what Carmen said? I hadn't listened to that in a long time. I am a child of the living God. No monsters in the house. We allow giants to trample on us. Oh, we speak and we preach about David, but we cower and we become intimidated when the giant would come 
to us and try to strip us of our identity. Dennis Jernigan was raised in a Christian's home, but he got involved in homosexuality. Dennis Jernigan was stripped of his identity after he encountered the fullness of Christ. Even though he was a preacher's son, he encountered Christ, the first living Christ in his life. Christ set him free. He was completely set free. He was a psalmist. He began to pen songs. Many of you don't know, but Chris and I and probably Pastor I say we could sing you several because we used to sing all of his songs. Some of them are in my mind. Wes Roach and I were recently reminiscing about those great Dennis Jernigan songs. He's still writing them. But he said even after he had been healed, even after he had been married, even after he and his wife gave birth to ten children, someone say, oh me and oh my, still the enemy would sneak around and try to remind him of his past. But he began to put on the truth, the truth of who God says I am. The truth is I am no longer a homosexual. The truth is I am a daughter of the Most High God. The truth is you are no longer your child, your parents' child. You are a son or a daughter of the Most High God, but you've got to pick up the stone against that giant and say, Christ has set me free, not just set you free. You may be a general in this house, but some of the greatest generals are the ones that right now are on their knees being wrecked and, and, and have it wreaked upon them by the enemy. You've got to pick up the stone and say, I know who Christ says I am. I am not poor. I am not lost. Come on, someone. But I am a child of the living God. Someone give God a shout of praise in this house. You've got to pick up the stone and say, this is who I am in Christ. This is what the word says about me. The next giant is discouragement. Discouragement. A giant that often comes. And the amazing thing about discouragement, David was young and a ruddy little guy when he took Goliath down. I didn't preach much about that. It's a story that has been well-versed, especially by Pastor Hank. Never heard anyone touch it better than him. But I want to tell you, David was young when he went up that giant. And now he's well-seasoned. And now he's in war. And as I've said to you before, we never know when that next new weapon is going to be formed against us. He's a general. He's a great warrior. And it says in 2 Samuel 21 and 15, if you want to make that down as a note, once again, someone say once again. Come on, say it again. Once again. Once again. Don't forget those two words. Once again, there was a battle. Uh-huh. Once again, the enemy came against me. Once again, a battle between the Philistines and Israel. Once again, Philistines came with a battle. David went down with his men to fight against the Philistines and he became exhausted. Everyone say exhausted. Discouragement will come to exhaust you. Discouragement will come in the end days, Daniel said. The enemy will try to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Exhaust them with discouragement. Discourage you that you don't have enough, that you don't have enough around you. Discourage you that you're tired. Discourage you you're too young. Discourage you you don't have what it takes mentally. Discourage you you're not smart enough. Discourage you that because things look different in the world where you are, that you can't do the same thing. And it says, he became exhausted. And Ishbi Banab, everyone say Ishbi Banab. Say, I'll never forget. Ishbi Banab, one of the descendants of Rapha, Rapha means the land of the giants. Here comes another giant. 
whose bronze weighed, bronze head spear weighed 300 shekels and was armed with a new sword. Everyone say a new sword. You see, they had heard that David had taken down Goliath. Your enemy knows that you've taken down giants in the past in your life. So he develops a new weapon to come at you. He saw that you combated the last weapon that came against you. So he forms a new weapon. But Isaiah 54 still says, No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. That means they're going to be formed consistently and continually. You know, Lord of the Rings, they have a great scene where the orcs are down making iron. And I think about that about the enemy. There is in darkness, there is caverns of the dam where, where demonic principalities are meeting, developing new tools to come and new weapons to come to throw you off. They know they're not going to keep you out of heaven, most of us at this point. They know they're not going to keep you from it. They just want you to have a wasted life, a discouraged life that never fulfills the God-given destiny for you to accomplish and the land that God has given you to take. So they develop a new weapon. And it says this new weapon, a new sword, that he would kill David. And it says that he began to hack through the tribe of Israel. He started going through Ishbi Banab with his new sword, hacking away so he could get to David. Let me tell you something. The target was on David's head, and Ishbi Banab was hacking through, trying to get to the one where he could take him down. Let me tell you, there's a bullseye on your head this morning. I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm saying that to encourage you so that you will be enlightened. You see, when I teach my daughter about health, I get tickled that the Abeka program tells children how many parasites can live in their teeth and how many germs can be on their body if they do not wash every day. And people say, that's ridiculous. Oh, let me tell you, I'm 51. I read it and I run like a screaming Indian all the way to the sink to wash off those germs. I'm going to tell you, it'd make a hobo want to take a bath. Why do they do that? They want to tell you this will solve this. They want to tell you this is so bad, children. If you don't wash your hair and take a bath and brush your teeth. There are actual monsters living in the environment of your digestive tract. If you don't sanitize your hands, let me tell you something. God lets you know how bad the giants are and how discouraging they can be, but he also tells you, I've given you a remedy. It may not seem as easy as brushing your teeth or sanitizing your hands, but if you pick up your stone when discouragement comes the battle belongs to the Lord and he will give you victory amen and amen in this house and it says he was hacking away the target was on David David was weary and exhausted he'd become king he'd gone through much and here he was exhausted and vulnerable to the enemy's secret weapon discouragement 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 the enemy will study you brothers and sisters to see what will bring you down. It's not something we rejoice over. It's not something we want to write books over. But he will study you. And in this time, he knew that David would be weary. 
But as we know, David had a group of legendary men. He had 30, and then he had three on the inside. He had three that would surround him and stay close to him. And when Abishai saw Ishbibanob coming with a sword toward David, he knew David was behind him. He knew he was weary. He knew he was exhausted. He knew he wasn't thinking right. You don't think right when you're tired. You, you can't reason. Don't make decisions when you're tired. Don't make decisions when you're weary. He knew that David was at a weary point and David could not fight in that moment. But Abishai had his sword. Abishai saw it and Abishai ran toward Ishbi Banab and he killed what David couldn't kill. Let me tell you, the grace of God fills in between you and the enemy. He knows in the moment when you're weary, when you're tired, when you're not thinking straight, there's times you need to step back like David even though you're a warrior and say grace I ask you to get between me and discouragement I ask for the word of God to get between me and discouragement and I ask you to speak what I can't speak come on somebody I ask you to fight what I cannot fight and to see discouragement come down somebody give God a hand clap of praise in this house Ishbi Banab comes from a root word meaning to retreat, to retreat, to retreat. Ishbi Banab in the Hebrew, the Greek word is to retreat. That is the goal of the enemy, the blow of the enemy. But let me tell you what your stone is right here that you're going to throw is divine perspective, divine perspective. Make it easy the way God sees things, the way God sees things. How does God see this situation right now? This discouragement is coming against me. It's kind of like I told you before, flying in a plane and you look over and everything looks so neat and tidy because you're looking from an upward position. It's the same way God looks into your situation right now. God looks when the enemy is trying to make us feel hopeless and full of despair. We cannot see everything. Say, I cannot see everything. But God's truth is greater than all the enemy's lies. And if we look at our situation, if we say, God, I need to see this from a higher perspective. I need to see what I'm going through right now, what I'm feeling right now, what I'm facing right now. I need to know how you see it. I need to know because if I speak what I see, come on, somebody. If I say what I say or what I see, if I say what I feel right now, if I say the way this looks... It's not going to be pretty. But if somehow I get your perspective from the word of God, if I could just see, then the blows the enemy inflicts upon me never amount to more than a surface wound because God loves me. Whatever it is, anxiety, fear, or sin, the truth of the scripture turns away every falsehood. And in the name of the Lord, I say, you know what? Discouragement, I pick up, I pick up the rock of God. God's divine perspective on this situation and I throw it against you because the way God sees this is the way it's going to be. I don't care what you say and I don't care what he says. I don't care what anyone on the world wants to give me their tally. They want to be the spin doctor over my life and right on the modern day 
bathroom wall which is the internet where you have no accountability and you say whatever you want to say without having to stand behind it right on the bathroom wall whatever you want to write about me but from God's perspective I'm picking up the stone of his word and I'm throwing it straight at the enemy's head somebody give God a shout of praise in this house Next giant is the giant of fear. In 2 Samuel 21 and 18, it says, We are told that in the course of time, here we go again, people. Say, in the course, say, in the course of time. Repeat after me, Christine, I will, and everybody. I will never forget that in the course of time, battles will come after we've conquered so many others. In the course of time, there was another battle with the Philistines. Really, Philistines? Get a grip. At Gob. And at that time, Sebeka, S-I-B-B-E-C-A-I, the Hushathite, killed Saph, one of the defendants, descendants of Rapha. It's a lot of words, but let me tell you. Saph means to snatch away or to wait at the threshold. Fear waits to wait at the threshold, to snatch away your faith. People often say that faith is the opposite of fear, but I think love is the opposite of fear. Because the Bible says, perfect love casteth out what? I remember when I was pregnant with Courtney, the Lord gave me a verse, not me not knowing that my child had a congenital heart defect in my womb. But the Lord kept speaking to me, perfect love casteth out all fear. And he would speak to me out of the living Bible. How can we fear <laughs> if we truly believe that he loves us? His perfect love for us, we are not afraid of him. His perfect love cast out all fear. I didn't know why the Lord kept speaking that to me. I thought it was the whole labor thing, but it was because I would walk through an intense battle. Love is the opposite of fear. The amazing thing is that Sabaka, the warrior, his name means to surround, to surround to surround what better thing does surround us than the love of a mighty god what more things surround us and christopher i want you to come up and get ready to play just the guitar around me we'll bring matt up a little later if you will what greater thing do we have to surround us than the very perfect love of God. Psalms 125 and 2, if you're taking notes. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so does the Lord surround his people from this time forever. I've told about my niece, Allie, who's been battling breast cancer, has such a walk of faith, eating naturally and believing God and taking treatments at the same time, had her chest removed, now being rebuilt. One of those beautiful young girls I've ever laid eyes on in my life. And when she got ready to go into her first treatment, the 30 of her closest elders in her church, families, friends, put her in the middle and they surrounded her. And they began to sing of the love of God that would surround her the entire time she would walk through this. They began to sing of the great love of God and, and the word of God. And then they would each speak the blessings of the Lord. Oh, if we could do that for each other. Sabaka, surround, means like trees out in Oklahoma that someone has built around an area of pasture land that they didn't want the storms to take out. Oh, if you and I could surround each other. The Bible Bible says he surrounds say he surrounds me with songs of deliverance he surrounds me with songs of deliverance his love for me he wraps himself around me 
Oh, Sappho, fear. He comes straight at me. But I'm surrounded and protected by the love of the Almighty God. And it's in moments like this that we talk Wednesday night about encouragement. If you miss me Wednesday night, you missed a comedic drama. I shall never be able to do it again. It was not planned. But let's just say we had a great time. Amen. But Wednesday night, we were talking about encouragement. We are talking about encouragement and how people need encouragement the most when they're intense battles. We are to surround them. God surrounds us with songs of deliverance. That means when we wake up, heaven has been circling us, singing in the hard press moments. I've said this so many times. Some of my spiritual daughters that are pastors could quote it right back to you today if they were standing here. In the worst moments of your life and you wake up in the morning and somehow you got through, some angel sang a song of deliverance over you. Someone came into your room that night. Oh, don't scare me. Oh, I ain't talking about monsters. I'm talking about angelic beings that sang over you. Lift one hand to heaven and say, surround me, Lord. He's our Abba. He's our Papa. We have nothing to fear from Him. What I often say to Him, and I don't know anything but to just, I do this with the ladies. I do if I'm with 5,003 or two. I just, I don't know how else to do this. But just to tell you, when I feel afraid, when I feel undone, I will say, God, I don't trust my future into anyone's hands. I love my husband. I love his genius brain, his wise, strong ways. I love his tenacity. I don't trust my future into his. I don't trust my future into my daddy's hands. I don't trust my future into the president's hands. God, I don't trust myself into anyone's hands, but you, oh Lord God. Because I know if you take care of my future, I'm going to be okay. Let me read this to you. So precious. It's from one of my electronic manas. Richard Foster wrote of a father walking through a mall with his two-year-old son. And the two-year-old son was cranky. Anyone else had a toddler in a mall like that? Come on now. I had two at one time. Come on. He kept whining and wriggling and complaining. The father struggled to remain patient. And all of a sudden, the father scooped up his little two-year-old grumbler, he held him tight to his chest and he began to sing off key as best as he could. I love you. You're my little boy. You make me laugh. From store to store, the father kept doing that, singing off to him, just trying to get to the car. You ever been there? I just got to get to the car with this child. Oh, God, help me get to the car with this child before someone calls 911. Anybody else just help me get to the car, God? And the little boy, he felt him relax in his arms. Finally, when they got in the car, the dad put him in his car seat, buckled him up. And the little boy said, Daddy, through his tears, Daddy, sing it to me again. Sing it to me again, Daddy. What does that mean? There's days when we disqualify ourselves. There's days we feel unworthy as recipients of love of those around us. And least of all, God. On those days, we need to say to our Abba Father, please sing to me. I know I'm worthy. I know I've been cranky. I know I've messed up. But God, it's on those days I simply need to say to you, Abba Daddy, sing to me. Sing to me once again. For Zephaniah 3 and 17 says, For the Lord your God has arrived to live among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will give you victory. He will rejoice over you with great gladness. He will love you and not accuse you. Is that a joyous choir I live here? Oh no, it is the Lord Himself exalting over you in happy song. Against fear, I take the stone of that God surrounds me. His love is 
perfected in me. And I throw that love at that giant. And I say, you know what? He loves me fear. He loves me. You can try to torment. You can try to taunt me. But at the end of the day, no matter what, the Lord surrounds me. Can you give God a hand clap of praise for that? Kristen, come up and help me. There's a beautiful passage of Scripture. Just kneel before this chair if you don't mind. Because another stone is the... Just a little bit back, baby. Another stone... Thank you, ma'am. Another stone that the enemy lifts against us is his words of accusation, his taunts, the things that he says, the warfare. In Luke 7, Jesus was invited to Simon's house. And in that day, it was all an open space. Stay right there. And everyone could see. And so all the people were gathered outside. And they were able to look in. It was a disgrace that the Bible said no one washed the feet or the hands of Jesus. He was a rabbi. Even those who didn't believe he was the Messiah, they acknowledged him as rabbi. No one washed his feet. They disgraced him. And all the community is watching Jesus being disgraced. But in that moment, a woman comes in. And I've preached a lot on this, so I'm just going to use this point for where it fits right here. And she begins to wash his feet with her tears. She begins to humble herself before him. Let me tell you something. I have never known a time in my life that humility will not get you through a battle. I have never known a time when humbling yourself before the Lord will not bring a wind. Just bow your head just a little bit so I'm not going to hurt you with what I do. You see, you see the sword of the enemy comes out and it begins to wave everywhere. Oh, I felt it against me many times. And the Lord will say, go get in your corner in your study. Get beneath the sword. Because you see, sitting at that table, Simon's words are thrashing out at this woman. Simon is saying she could have fed the poor. Simon's words are coming, raging against this person. But she keeps bowing lower and lower. Let me tell you what an elder told me about 10 years ago. Bow your head when a sword comes out because anyone that's bowed down will not get their head cut off. Come on, somebody. Anyone that humbles themselves, anyone that takes the posture, and Jesus does something so powerful. Simon is speaking. Now look up, Kristen. And Jesus keeps his eyes on the woman. And he continues to talk to Simon. I don't know if you've noticed, but if I'm talking to you and I'm not looking at you, if I'm looking over here, it's, it's a curiosity you can't handle. You will look wherever I'm looking. Come on, somebody. If I'm talking to you and I'll, and I'll be looking up, you will look back. It's just, it's, it's our humanity. The Bible says Jesus looked at the woman, but he talked to Simon. What he was saying is you haven't even noticed something that is rare and valuable. Something you would, a rare quality is right here. Someone who will humble herself before me. And you've not even given her a look. And Jesus tells Simon, you know what? Those who humble themselves before me find grace. Say, those who humble find grace. The Bible says, humble yourself before the Lord. And in due time, everyone say due time. In the book of Peter, he will exalt you. You see, I can fight for a place. I can push for promotion. I can try to knock everybody else around me and not let anybody else do anything. Or I can humble myself 
You see, the greatest battles are won when we get on our knees before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know how to fight this battle. The sword is whipping around with words and weapons coming everywhere. All I know to do is to humble myself before you, to stay beneath your feet. You see, that's why Jesus showed the woman caught in adultery his feet. As long as you stay at the feet of Jesus, as long as you hang on, I don't care what those people say about you I don't care what they say at work when you go home get on your face at Jesus' feet I don't care what your family or the people of the world say about the believers all over the world when we humble ourselves, power flows through a place come on somebody of humility come on somebody power flows from humbling yourself you can't fight you can't compete she couldn't compete with those sitting at the table. She didn't have anything in her bag, Matt Hicks, that she could bring out. She had nothing but her humility to say, you have forgiven me of so much. I'm going to tell you, if you forget nothing else, try it. Humble yourself at the feet of Jesus. The next time the raging waters feel like they're going to overflow you, the next time you seem to hear the drumbeat of hell, let me tell you, humble yourself. In your mind, imagine you've got your hands around the ankles of the Lord Jesus and say, I'm holding on to the scars and the feet of my Savior. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to get on my face. Well, I don't have any great prayer. I'm not asking you to pray. She wept. She wept before Jesus. She poured out her alabaster box. What she was saying, I know that in you the battle can be overcome. I'm going to bend low until the battle is done because if Jesus can't get me through this, no one else can. Thank you, baby. Somebody give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Take the stone of humility. Take the stone against the accusations, against the words of the enemy. Take a stone against the raging waters and the fire and humble yourself before the Bible says the mighty hand of God. In that room, there was lips that wouldn't kiss. That was the sin. Knees that wouldn't bend. That was the sin. Eyes that wouldn't weep. That was the sin. And perfume that would never leave their jar. But one woman humbled herself in due time. He will exalt you. Give him one more praise in this house today. Now let's come to Hezekiah. To that fifth, you're on your fifth one. Your fifth stone. The giants are all around Hezekiah. This is a passage I've preached so many times. Preached it back in March. A little bit of it right here. Hezekiah, the enemies are around him. Sennacherib has written him a letter, a horrible letter with threats. Sennacherib has threatened. And they begin to entrench around the wall. And they begin to speak in language that the people can hear. And one of the chief elders yells out and says, Please, we understand Hebrew. Don't speak in Aramaic. We don't want the little ones to hear because the threats 
are so intense. Let me tell you, parents, God will always bless. My parents shielded me from a lot of the junk that was going on in the church that they were helping. They shielded me from a lot of the horrible things. You know, our young ones, our baby Christians should be shielded from the trash that the enemy throws on the street. Come on, somebody. And he said, don't speak to us. Our children will hear and they'll be fearful. He's out there on the wall. He's talking to them. Matt, come on up and help. He's talking to them. He's speaking to them. But back behind closed doors, there is Hezekiah. And the Bible says in that scripture, he opened up the threats. And he laid them before the Lord. He went up before the Lord. He didn't take the letter and say, here, Tiffany, I need you to read the threats that's being said about me. Here, Debbie, read the threats. Do something about it. Here, Pastor, do something about it. Here, Pastor Todd, do something about it. Here, Robert, take the threats and read and do something about it. Here, take the threats and read. No, he took the threats up before the Lord. He closed the door. He humbled himself and said Lord these threats are not against me and they are not against your people and he says this powerful thing he says it's like a day he said this is a day of trouble Lord God is the word he gives to Isaiah like a day of disgrace it's like when a child is ready to be born but the mother has no strength to deliver it you ever felt that way got something inside of you you know God is fixing to give to the earth it may be a breakthrough it may be a ministry it may be your destiny it's the next place say I'm going up say I'm going up that next high place you're supposed to go but you say it's like I don't have the strength to deliver it the child is ready the thing is ready but I don't have the strength and he says perhaps the Lord has heard Sennacherib's words defying the living God and will punish him for his words oh pray is what he says to Isaiah for those of us that are left pray but Hezekiah has locked himself up in a room I'm going to tell you something sharing your need on Facebook might make people to pray but don't share the threats from the enemy on Facebook sharing in an email sharing with a friend I need to pray for you but Tiffany's got no power Power to battle the threats of the enemy against me. Pastor David, as wonderful he is, has no ability. We spend too much time looking for someone to agree with us with our trouble, looking for someone to agree with us on our depression. We speak so many times about the trouble instead of taking the worship, instead of taking the praise, instead, come on somebody, of taking the threats before the Lord God. Oh, give him a shout of praise before we finish hallelujah you gotta let praise negotiate for you hezekiah got down on the floor by himself and the opening scripture he said oh lord you hear what they're saying they're defying you see the odds i've studied the assyrians for my my degree at lee they're the most intense armies you can imagine they disemboweled people. They would impale, I don't think they were, people on tall sticks. And they would do that in front of the city they were fixing to conquer. They would say, this is what's going to happen to you. They, their, their insides would be hanging out. And here you're watching over it. Isn't that what the enemy says to you? 
This is what I did to others who tried to get out of addiction. This is what I did for someone else who believed for their unsaved wife to be saved. This is what I did for others who got married. This is what I did for others seeking healing. This is how I, I took them and disemboweled them. So make peace with me is what Sennacherib said, which we've taught you. Make peace with me. Don't try to war me. Make peace. But Hezekiah says, no, God. No, God, I'm going to let praise negotiate. The Assyrians are out there. I know you see them, God. The way there's thousands upon thousands out there. They know how little we are. They even said, just tell us if you got 200 horsemen, we'll buy them horses. Because they knew we didn't even have 200 horses. It seems like they know everything we don't have. And we're in the city. And we're about to be conquered. We're about to be demolished. But God, you are with us. You've got to be more than those who are against us. I don't have a sword in my pocket. Come on. I don't have a bow in my pocket. I don't got anything cute that can fight this. We are on our own. I don't have a degree in weaponry. I don't have a degree in battle. All I've got is you, God. So I'm going to roll out the insults of the enemy behind closed doors before the Lord Most High who fights his battle for me. Somebody praise him in this house. Come on, somebody praise him in this house. Stand all over this building and let me tell you something in closing Hezekiah we're going to do that in just a moment he let praise negotiate for him watch this say Judah say Judah means praise Jesus came from the lion the lion of the tribe of Judah he was the tribe the lion from the tribe of Judah his ancestry went back to Judah Judah is praise and Judah means to negotiate. Negotiate. Everyone say negotiate. Hezekiah was saying, God, I need you to annihilate and negotiate this situation. So I'm going to say you're sovereign. I trust you, Jehovah. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But I'm just going to praise you. It's going to look ridiculous. You know what? You think people like me praise God because we're on some kind of spiritual high. Oh, no, 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 no. I praise God because when I was four, dancing in the Holy Ghost in an altar, I learned that when I praised Him, He moved for me. I praised Him because I was taught that He was worthy. I don't shuck a buck around because I got some kind of different gene than you have. No, I praise Him because I've learned, just like cleaning my teeth gets germs out of my body, praising Him will change the atmosphere. Can you say Hallelujah. Listen, when the brothers wanted to kill Joseph, it was Judah that negotiated his life and said, don't kill him. Let's sell him. Let's send him off with these Ishmaelites. When in Egypt, Joseph was going to put enslave all of the brothers, it was Judah, not Levi or Simeon, who stood up, but it was Judah, the head of the tribe, that stood up and said, no, 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 no. We're the good boys. We're the good boys. Don't put us up. When they had to go back and tell their daddy that for all these years that he's been grieving over his son Joseph, that they put Joseph in a pit, but he was very much alive. It wasn't Levi that stood up. It wasn't Simeon that stood up, which means consecration. But it was praise who stood up to negotiate with Jacob and say, don't kill us. I don't know how to tell you this, but your son is alive. I need to negotiate with you to let you know, forgive us. 
praise will negotiate for you when you don't have a hope. And Hezekiah did that. And what happened through the word? When Paul and Silas at midnight were in the jail, it was their praise that began to negotiate. It was their song that began to negotiate. It was the sound of praise coming up from the very bottom of the jail of two bodies that the Bible says were so beaten beyond recognition they could barely move they've been persecuted for right and they began to sing oh blessed be the name of the most high God we worship you we praise you they began to sing what Isaiah 54 says oh sing oh barren woman oh sing oh barren man oh sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land let me tell you the last stone that you've got is the stone of praise and it goes against and negotiates against your enemy when they surround you when they look more powerful than you you've got to lift up the stone of praise and praise the name of God I'm done preaching praise him for one minute come on come on come on come on praise him praise him praise him Praise Him. Come on. I want somebody to shout with a voice of triumph. I want somebody to shout with a voice. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus. Come on. No, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. I want you to shake off and praise Him. Come on. Keep praising Him. Keep praising Him. Keep praising Him. You need your praise to negotiate. You need your praise to negotiate. Lord Jesus, we lift up holy hands right now. We are your children, Lord. There are monsters that would like to live in our house, live in our mind, discouragement, our past, fear. These things that we mentioned, God, discouragement to strip us of everything we own. Goliath wanted to strip Israel of everything they own. There are those giants right now as our hands are lifted that want to strip us of everything we own. But God, we lift up the stone. And when we don't know what the right stone is, your word of God is true and ever living and powerful. So we lift up the promise of God. Right now, Lord, as every hand is lifted, I pray for every giant that anyone is facing in this house right now. Right now, just keep your hands lifted. I pray for every giant, Lord, that your word would break through. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. With your hands lifted, if everyone just move to the front just for a couple of minutes everyone that physically can just move to the front and stand here for a moment oh we bless your name Jesus